looking at our liturgy, which is just the way we worship. And so we've been finishing that up, and we're, we're almost done. We have today, and then next week, Brandon's going to be talking about some stuff that's related to the, the music and, and the way we worship in music. Um, as, as we're looking at this today, though, I want to ask, um, what do you say when people are leaving? Like, what do you say when people are leaving your house? What do you say when people are, are driving off in their car? What do you say? Most of us, just we just say bye. Sometimes drive safe. Yeah, have a good day. There, there are all these things that we say. One of my favorites, uh, there's a comedian. He says he was, he was about to say, take care. And then he decided he was going to say, good luck. And so as they're leaving, he goes, take luck. And we've all done stuff like that too. So when it comes to the benediction, that part of the service, it, it, right before you're walking out these doors, is that all we're doing? Are, are we just saying something that's kind of like, hey, we're, we're done now, you can go home? Or is there something more to it? Um, what, what I want to suggest today is that there is something more to the benediction, that the benediction actually serves a purpose uh, in our worship, and, and it serves a very, very important purpose. A benediction, a benediction, the word just means spoken blessing. And so it's not just saying, hey, we're done. You can go home. Um, I know we went too long, and, and you're tired, and you're hungry, and you want to go eat lunch, and now you get to go. That's not all it is. Well, it's a little bit of that. What it is is it's a final reminder. It is a final reminder. Before you walk out these doors, you get a benediction, you get a spoken blessing, and then you get a charge, something like, go in peace, or, or, or something along those lines. And, and what this is doing is this is a final reminder to you before you leave to say, believe God's truth and go live it out. Believe God's truth and go live it out. And this is so, so important because as you walk out these doors, if you are anything like me, you will face very quickly this temptation to believe some lies. So we're going to look at these lies that you might believe. We're only going to look at three of them. And then we're going to look at the truth in benediction that is contrary to those lies. But before we do that, let's pray. God, would you help us? Holy Spirit, would you work through your word to change our hearts and make us more like Jesus? It is in his name we pray. Amen. So here is the first lie that you might face, or one of the lies that you might face when you walk out these doors. One of the lies that you might face as you leave church and you go back out into things is this. I can manage the rest of the week on my own. The symptoms of this lie, you know that you're believing this lie. If you have symptoms like a lack of prayer, a lack of time in the Word, a lack of seeking wisdom from other believers, and we could go on in that list, they're all ways of saying, I've got this. I can do this. This is on me. Sunday morning, I can depend on God. Sunday afternoon, now I'm going to depend on me. 
the things that we face, the things that we, we go through, um, sometimes good things, sometimes hard things. Maybe it's a lawsuit or a family situation or, or, or news about your health, but we look at it and we say, I can do this. I can go, I can work hard, I can muscle, muscle my way through, I can power through whatever is going on. And I'm not saying don't work hard, but the question is, as we face the day and as we go about our days, what is the source of our strength? We find this truth in benediction in Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. See, what is the truth in this benediction as Paul is writing to the Romans and as he begins going on about the the glories of Christ and, and this incredible promise that Christ fulfilled? And then he begins to go on and he says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by your own power, you can make it through the day. By your own power, you can somehow find some hope. No, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This is teaching that joy and peace and hope are powerful. They give strength if you have your, your hope in the right thing, if you derive your joy and your peace from the right thing, it gives you strength. Our source as believers should be the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit gives is different than what you can find on your own. See, you can, you can go and you can find temporary happiness. You can find temporary peace from friends, TV, a good show, sports, hobbies, your achievements. You, you can go find that. And, and those can be really good things that you are finding. But they're at best, at best, if we're trying to derive our joy and our peace and our hope from those things, at best they are distractions. And kids, Fortnite can only keep you happy for so long before you want more. You want, you want to buy new, new skins in Fortnite. You, it's a thing. Just trust me. It's a video game. Some of you know. Or you want, you want more Robux. You want a new game. You want the next thing. It can only distract you for so long. As good as these things may be that we go after, they cannot bear the weight of true celebration or true sorrow. See, when life is good... When life is good, they can't sustain the moment. Go talk to people that have been aiming at a goal, and they've been aiming at it, and they've been working hard, and they've been doing everything they can to achieve that goal, and ask them, how did you feel when you got it? They're going to say, I felt great. In fact, I felt really good. I felt on top of the world. And then it went away got to move on, got to find the next goal, the next achievement, the next thing. They can't bear the weight of celebration. It only lasts for moments, and we know also that when life is hard, these things can't bear the pain. This benediction is teaching that God is the true source of strength, that He delights in giving true joy and peace and hope through the Holy Spirit. 
as he reminds us that he will work all things together for your good, even the bad things. In celebration, God is at work. Even in my pain, God is at work. We just sang about it. The calm will be all the better for the storms that we've endured. The truth in this benediction is that God is the source of our strength and that we need to depend on Him every day, not just Sunday morning. Well, here's another lie that you might be tempted to believe. Another lie. Uh, This lie is this, that when I leave on a Sunday morning, now I have checked the box. We've all, we've all felt that way before. I came in, I worshiped, I checked that box, worship is done, I fulfilled my duty. And somehow we get this idea that on the occasional Sunday morning, that belongs to God, and the other six and a half days are mine. So, so I just have to, um, I just have to, to do things uh, for Him on Sunday morning, and then the rest of the time, I get to go do what I want. Here is the truth in benediction from Colossians. Paul, again writing, writes this, Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. So there are two parts to what's going on in this benediction. One, one is this phrase, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. We, we pray and we say, you know, we pray and oftentimes we end our prayers, you know, in Jesus' name. And, and, and we say that, but do you ever think about what that means? To do something in Jesus' name means we are doing it in a way to bring Him glory. We are doing it in a way to show that we treasure Him. And then the other part to this is whatever you do. Whatever you do, that's everything. It's all-encompassing. Whatever you do. Paul even talks to the Corinthians about it. Whether you eat or you drink or, or, or whatever it is, do all for the glory of God. That means it's not just Sunday when I'm doing church stuff. It's not just Sunday when I'm doing church stuff. It's everything. Well, what about when I'm mad? Whatever you do. What about chores? Whatever you do. What about if I'm having a really bad day? Whatever you do. What about when I'm on vacation? Whatever you do. What about? What about? What about? If my kids were here, they could ask that question a lot. This doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that we fake it. This doesn't mean that we try and put up some some wall of perfection, that we're trying to appear perfect to the people on the outside. What it means is whatever you do, set your intention on living in a way that shows you treasure Jesus. So, so let's just take the idea of rest. What if, what if it's time to rest? What if I need a nap? I need a nap. What if I need a nap? You know what? If it's the right time, then rest, rest well, rest deeply, and trust in the Lord to watch over you. Well, what about work? Work hard, work well, be a good employee, be a good boss, honor the Lord in what you do, and work as if Jesus is your boss. What about school? Ugh, it's almost here. What is it, like a week? What about school? You know what? Study hard. Enjoy recess. Honor your teacher. 
in all things, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. I like the way C.S. Lewis puts it when he's talking about this. He says, Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. Hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think innocent, as well as the ones you think wicked, the whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own will shall become yours. See, as we live out the truth of this benediction, and it seems like, it seems like a lot, because it is. Jesus is asking for all, and it seems like a lot. But, but remember, as you live out the truth of this benediction, you will realize that it is for your good. As we begin to turn every area of our life over to Jesus, we begin to become more like him. His life begins to live through us, begins to be expressed through us. And it is for your joy. It is for your good. And the good and the joy of those around you. Here's the third lie and the last one that we will look at today. And this lie is this. When the service is done and I walk out these doors, I am simply leaving the building. I am just leaving the building. Here is the truth in benediction. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say before he walked out the door, so to speak? What was his benediction and his charge to his disciples? You all know it. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. See, here's what's going on in this benediction, in this, this command that Jesus leaves, this charge that he gives to his disciples. It's kind of like police officers, in a sense. You know, if, if you ever encounter a police officer, if they're wearing their uniform, they're a police officer. They're there to protect and serve, to uphold the law. If they're not wearing their uniform, and they're not on the clock, guess what? Same responsibility. Uphold the law. Protect and serve. To, to respond. To be there. To do what a police officer would do in whatever that situation is. Jesus is giving this call not just to the disciples, but to every Christian. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. In other words, help others know the truths of Jesus. That's it. Help others know the truths of Jesus. Help them live out the truths of Jesus. Help them apply the gospel to their lives. And every follower of Jesus is the recipient of someone doing that. Someone living out that call on their lives. You see, the reality is you never just leave. You never just walk out those doors. You never just leave. Every Christian is sent you are sent to your job. You are sent to your school. Some of us are sent to our homes. Some of us are sent to friends. And it's not to go and be obnoxious. can't believe I'm going to tell you guys this. When I was a kid, 
I was the obnoxious one, and I sat on my neighbor until he said he loved Jesus. Don't do that. Ryan, if you're out there and somehow you see this, I'm sorry. We're not sent to be obnoxious. We are sent to be in prayer, to love well, to pass on what we have learned to our kids, to our friends, to those around us. We are sent. Who are you passing on the truths of Scripture to? Who are you discipling? Who, who are you involved in their life and helping them follow Jesus? Maybe it's your kids or your grandkids, nieces, nephews, friends, coworkers. You do not just leave. You are sent. Richard Halverson, uh, he was a, a Presbyterian pastor. He went to Wheaton, then went on to Princeton, um, served at several churches around the country. He worked alongside Billy Graham sometimes. Roy Rogers worked alongside him on occasion. He eventually became the chaplain of the U.S. Senate. And he knew this truth. He knew this truth that you never leave church. You are always sent. And so I will end with his benediction. You go nowhere by accident. Wherever you go, God is sending you. Wherever you are, God has put you there. God has a purpose in your being there. Christ lives in you and has something He wants to do through you where you are. Believe this and go in the grace and love and power of Jesus Christ. This is benediction. That call to remember the truths of God's Word and to go and live it out. Thank God for His Word and for His truth that guides us. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank You that You have not left us as orphans, that Your Spirit is with us, empowering us to trust in Your promises. We pray that we would trust in your promises. Lord, that that the benediction would not just be time to leave, but we pray that it would be a final reminder to us of who you are, what you have done, and what you are doing in us and through us. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. The other thing, is part of our liturgy and uh, part of what we are called to as believers is this meal that the Lord gives us. This is not uh, just a meal. The Holy Spirit actually is at work through this meal. And, And so as we come to this table, we know that this is not a Presbyterian table. This is the Lord's table. If you, if you are a follower of Jesus, we invite you to share in this meal with us. We're going to do this uh, through intinction. So you'll come up and you'll grab the bread and then you can dip that in the cup and take that on your way back to the seat. If you are uncomfortable with that for whatever reason, um, we have these cups up here as well. So you can just come up and you can grab one of these that has the bread and the juice in it as well. If you need to stay in your seat uh, for any reason, then you can just stay there. And as everyone is dismissed around you, one of our ushers will bring communion to you. We know uh, that on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread 
and he broke it, saying, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At the evening, he took the cup and he poured it, and he said, this is my blood, poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul tells us that as often as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. And brothers and sisters, what do we know? We know he is coming again. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Would the elders please come forward? And deacons. Thank you.